Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about building a personal brand with Shropshire Lad. Let's get in. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Really grateful for you coming on. Um, you're a bit of a legend locally. And oh, really? Yes. But you can't have the name Shropshire Lad and then be <laughs> be concerned about getting branded a local legend. So, Well, I didn't expect things to have gone as well as they have, I guess. Um, I don't even really remember exactly how the name came around, to be honest. We were, oh, really? Yeah, we just... Um, a friend of mine wanted to sort of... Um, start a YouTube channel with me um, and that's that's uh, before I did anything else yeah. the first thing we did was put out a couple of videos of me just cooking in my dad's house and we were just trying to sort of think of names um, something that we obviously wanted to talk about cooking local food yeah. and, and, and what was available around and sort of um, it not me not being too old yet yeah yeah I thought and we just I think we just came up with with, with Shropshire Lad I quite like the beer as well it would make sense yeah. makes sense so, uh, and so I yeah, think there's but, a famous book as well isn't there Shropshire Lad poem, I believe poem yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and there's a rose too yeah so it's it's a quite a widely used kind of uh, name um, I just thought I'd jump on the back of at the end really and now everyone calls you Mucker and Mon and you have to, like, <laughs> yeah. dig in that's yeah. it so yeah how did this get started? I guess for the listeners, uh, you, you've become a bit of an Instagram sensation. It's like really taken off, you know, local brands supporting you. And um, from the outside view, it's like, wow, this is this is crazy. So yeah, how I'm, did this start? I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. It's, it, it's happened quite organically. It's not something that I really set out to do. Yeah. I suppose, well... Initially, um, so as I just mentioned, you know, a friend of mine, he, he really likes making making YouTube videos, more making videos. Yeah. Um, but he's his his bread and butter is that he's a broadcaster, so he, he goes all over the all over the world uh, broadcasting live sport. Wow. So this is just a bit of fun on the side for him. Um, and he really liked my food and was sort of said, you know, he rang me up one day and said, do you want to just start making some YouTube videos? He'd seen that like people back then, I guess. I mean, I've learned a lot since then, but it, you know, people just thought. YouTubers make all of their money from views. Yeah. If you get millions of views, then you're going to get paid. And I think he had this idea that maybe we, if we could make something take off, that we could sort of, you know, we could um, we could make some money. Um, so we started making these videos, and we did all right, but like not even close to the sorts of numbers you need to, to, to even to monetize to get ad revenue. You know, yeah, anything, sure. Anything like it. Um, and then he got quite busy because he's like you know he sometimes he spends he's quite got quite a nice job he spends a lot of time in like the Caribbean filming cricket or like he'll you know shoot off to the World Cup or stuff so nice. it was really difficult to like to get any consistency and I think that the one key for sort of YouTubers really is to be really consistent mm-hmm. you need to be putting content out all the time yeah and we just couldn't do it still I mean I was working full time I'm still working full time now so it's doing what you can do in between I suppose yeah. um and so at this point, I'd kind of set up the YouTube channel and I had like personal um, social media. I didn't even have a structure like page of any description, no Instagram page, no YouTube, no, no, no yeah. Facebook page. So I set up a Facebook page um, and sort of at that point, I hadn't really even used Instagram. So like, uh, but my friend happened to be working at Facebook okay. uh, and he used to get loads of free um, ad revenue. So he sort of started like sponsoring a few of my posts. Oh, nice. So I got a bit of a following on Facebook, but then moved on to Instagram. 
And basically, what, because Henry wasn't available to sort of make videos all the time, I just realised quite quickly it wasn't going to happen like yeah. that. I just thought, well, the people who have followed me are enjoying what I'm doing, so I might as well just, uh, what I can do is start photographing what I'm cooking yeah. at least. And, and, and so I started posting that onto my Facebook and, to my, and then set up the Instagram page. And I guess just, just kept going, really. Um, and then after sort of maybe 12 to 18 months of doing that, um, lots of people were sort of kept sort of commenting saying that they wanted to eat my food and all the rest of it. So I was like, well, I've got to put my money where my mouth is. You know, hear, hear all this. Uh, people talk a lot about sort of Instagram chefs and, mm. um, and, and you know, the flavor not sort of adding up to, to how it looks. It's very, it's easy to make something, or sometimes it's difficult to make something look good. Yeah. It might taste amazing and vice versa. So I, wanted, I know I, I was quite confident in my ability to, to actually make tasty food. And so... I registered with the council to sort of as a food business and decided I'd do my first pop up at uh, the Colbert Dale Inn yeah. in Ironbridge. Um, not really knowing what to expect, um, so sort of scrabbled together, got a, got a gazebo, bought a little bit, bought a bamery, I sort of had a couple of barbecues. And we did this Easter pop up, and um, I got roped a few mates in and my partner as well to help. And it was, I mean, the power of social media because it was ridiculously busy. Like, it was like, I think some people queued for two hours. Before. Wow. And, uh, you know, I sold out in sort of four, four and a half hours. I think maybe did 300 covers in four hours. Blimey. And I was just like, whoa, this is mad. There's something um, in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then, so then just sort of started to learn really and, and I quite quickly learned that, that um, you know, doing street food wasn't really for me, uh, especially... Like, if it's your business all the time, then you can kind of, uh, if you've got leftovers, you, you're doing a couple of events of a weekend, you can kind of make it work. But I was realising that, you know, it only takes it to chuck it down with rain and you're screwed. Yeah. I mean, so, and it's really hard to predict how many people are going to turn up. And, and, and I just thought, it's not really for me. So then I started doing pop-ups, which were sort of ticketed. So the yeah. first one we did for that was we turned my mate's house into a restaurant. Um, and so we literally ripped all the furniture out of the bottom of the house uh, and we had 30 guests I think mm. for like a seven course tasting menu which we ran out of his kitchen uh, well kitchen and outside the house because I used fire obviously yeah um, and that went really well and I, I was like yes I like this the money's in the bank before you start you know where you're at like uh, I can I can show off because again with street food you know people are going to go for the safe option if there's a burger on they're going to have the burger yeah you know? and I I'm wanted to sort of expand my cooking so yeah. by doing tasting menus you can do that you can yeah yeah and, and, show e- off and even if someone doesn't like something there's six other courses for them to exactly. enjoy yeah, yeah. yeah and often you know I try to challenge you know people but you not challenge people but I guess if people maybe wouldn't order an oyster you know or, or something you know that's when they go out normally them, yeah, yeah or wouldn't have had smoke cream or whatever then they're going to try it because they have to because it's part of their what they're paying yeah. for uh, and so that's kind of from a uh, feeding people perspective that's kind of what has then uh, interested me since then but still working full time it's difficult to sort of squeeze in so I only do a few events a year at the moment um, but I, my, my day job so I'm a full time youth worker I run the youth service for the town council I'm actually leaving I'm, uh, my, my, my job if anybody out there, out there is after a youth work job my job's up at the moment oh okay so, but I'm going to be part of the recruitment process and I'm going to be sticking around until that new play, person's in place it means a lot to me the job I've built you know that service yeah. up from the beginning um, but it's time for me to sort of go full time now um, 
I think. Amazing. That's yeah, that's so, really exciting. Yeah. So I promised you before we went live that uh I've been stalking you a little bit. <laughs> and uh so actually um we were watching Crazy Delicious, the, the first episode. Okay. So it was a Channel 4 show, um, kind of like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory meets Bake Off sort of thing. Um, and my wife went, I know that bloke. Uh, and my wife used to be a trainee at Shropshire Wildlife Trust. Ah, and so okay. she'd met you through your youth work. Right. And, uh, okay. and then you won the episode. Right. So we were like, this is awesome. And then we were on board. So how, how did that come about? Um, so literally I got a message on Instagram one day uh, from the casting producer. Okay. Um, basically explaining that there was this TV show. Um, pretty much he, 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 the way he described it was like, um, Willy Wonka does a cooking show on acid is what he said yeah, to me yeah, I was like, yeah. that's, that's fucking brilliant <laughs> it's pretty true as well <laughs> yeah. pretty accurate description I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, like yeah tell me more and then he was like um, I can't say where it's going to be uh, yet but um, he said you know Hester, it's Heston Blumenthal uh, Nicholas Exted who was like a massive influence for me I mean he's like for those who are listening who don't know he's like probably maybe the only Michelin starred fully full fire chef there is yeah yeah I mean, he's, a, he's a big deal he was one of the judges and then a, a lady called Carla Hall you may not be familiar with but she's big in the soul food scene in America yeah and the reason they had so and Niklas is from Sweden so they had British Swedish and then an American because it was going to Netflix which we didn't tell me so the, so the show's gone on Netflix worldwide yeah but at the time sort of didn't really know much about it um, but they they said this is on on a Thursday morning. I remember it was a Thursday because I was working in a youth club in the afternoon. And he said, "Could I call you at four o'clock?" And I sort of said to my um, person I was working with, "Do you mind if I just nip off for twenty minutes to do this call?" And it was essentially it was like um, it's an audition um, over Skype, which I didn't even really. Oh, wow! Um, and so I spoke to this guy Michael, friends with him now, um, for twenty minutes, and he sort of said, "We really want you. Can you come? If you can come to London on Monday, then you're on." And I was just like. This is crazy. So from like Thursday morning, getting this text, Thursday afternoon, I'm asking to be asked to come to London. On the, on the Monday, it's confirmed I'm, I'm on the show sort of thing. Um, and I, having met all the other contestants and stuff now, I realised that they'd all auditioned, like properly gone to auditions and obviously put in for it. I didn't do any of that. And I think that, I think, nobody's ever confirmed this, but probably somebody dropped out last minute because it was, yeah. it was literally like... Right, we want you, and the film is in two weeks. So two weeks later, I'm in Elstree Studios, you know, with Heston and, and this sort of crazy set. The whole set was edible. Yeah. Um, which was unbelievable, I mean, to be inside it and, and, and to see the team that were that were behind that, were, it was just um, un- unbelievable. Like, I never even... It was a whole new world to me. I got really... I mean, I'd done little little snippets of TV, like maybe yeah. I was like... I, escaped the country and a few like five minute things but never been immersed in something like that I mean it was quite an experience that's incredible and then obviously the episode is quite short how long was the actual filming process so I was there for three days Um, one day first day was just interviews so you'd Mm. spend like three hours in in a green room you know being sort of interviewed yeah um, and then the second day was the first two um, tasks, dishes, yep. yeah, first two dishes, and then the two finalists went through to a third day to do the final. And how <laughs> halfway through the well, halfway through the second day, I guess, how did you feel like you were getting on? 
Um, well, the, f uh, the first dish, I mean, if you watch, I don't want to give too much away, but the first dish didn't go around so well. Sure. Um, and I was like panicking because actually that was the one I was more confident about. Okay. The, the second one, um, without trying to ruin it, the part of it is uh, was shoe pastry, yeah. which was pushing me out of my comfort zone. And I'd had endless, I mean, the youth, or every youth club in Shrewsbury for like two weeks we did shoe pastry yeah. and it was my own, you know, it was, it was for my own gain really. But I was like, we're making fritter rolls again. But I was just trying to teach myself and they just kept going wrong. And I was just like, oh man, this is going to be the end of me. And uh, I made the best shoe paste I've ever made in my life that day. There and there. The show. Nice. And, uh, and nailed that dish, uh, which was great. And, and that put me through. But I was panicking, you know, because I just didn't think I'd get through on that second dish. That's exciting though. <laughs> That's exciting. And then obviously last day of filming when did you find out who won um i mean we found out there and then as you see it yeah it wasn't like whispered in your ear oh, by the way it's going to be you it was yeah we found out almost straight away after after we you know submitted the food. yeah and um it was nice because the two contestants i mean hannah and she unfortunately went out after the, the, the first day. She was uh, she's still a friend. We did some work together, like um, with some brands recently. That's awesome. Um, Hardy, the guy who was in the in final with, you know, we still chat a lot, and and we got on really really well. So it was kind of like it was interesting, and, and everybody on the set was really into it as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the plate of food that I made was as soon as the cameras came off it, it was like. Locusts, you know, <laughs> nice. just literally got absolutely nailed. And there was a, I, I cooked, looks like one of the things I cooked was a big tomahawk steak. Yeah. And there was two, uh, and one disappeared. And there was this whole thing of where's that second steak? And it was my home ec. And the guy, he just literally swiped it nice. in the back and they just ate this huge steak. That's themselves. amazing. That's it was amazing. quite funny, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing experience. It really was. It feels like a lifetime ago now. It's nearly two years ago um, that it was aired. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, crazy. It a long time ago. So what did that change for you when, once that went out? Um, I mean, it helped. My Instagram blew up. Yeah. You know, I probably picked up ten thousand followers off off the back of that. Um, not so much. I mean, I don't think it did so well in in the UK. I mean, personally, when I watched it, I was sort of like, this show's a bit sketchy really <laughs> oh really yeah I didn't enjoy it as much as I'd hoped and, and it didn't go down so well but it went down really well worldwide on, on Netflix yeah. so so I was like so it went out on Channel 4 in January uh, two years ago and then in the July it went on to Netflix and when that happened my Instagram went crazy and, and I that's yeah, so cool about 10,000 followers and then off the back of that started picking up sort of um, influencer work you know, nice. because once you've got so many numbers um, and, and then the pandemic hit of course yeah um, and it was like I'd never really been asked to do anything on Instagram like you know for, for, for money any ad, yeah. ads or anything um, but then because everybody's marketing budget just switched to being completely digital all of a sudden I'm sat there and I'd, I've kind of been toying with the idea of leaving work and, and whatever And but I, I was always in my head it was uh, I had to make money from events from, yeah. from, from feeding people um, and uh, yeah so I was like saying to my partner thank god I didn't do that because we'd be screwed right now you know if I'd have left my job and then the Dude, pandemic the industry and then all of a sudden yeah. I start getting all these emails for you know for, for promoting brands and, and, and then you know and, and I started doing a lot of work from home and, and, and shooting stuff at home 
um, which has continued, um, which has been nice. So that, but I don't think that would have happened without the boost that I got from from that show. Yeah, I get that. Um, I guess as a show, I mean, it is quite a jarring show in terms of it, it's bright, it, it's very marmite. You're going to love it or hate it, yeah, I think. Sure. And the presenter is loud and in your face, and sometimes I think probably pulls away from the contestants a bit with how. But in terms of, I mean, she's Jade, Jade Adams. Is, she, she's the she was the the, uh, the presenter. Yeah, I mean, she's a, an amazing comic. We actually yeah. got to see her live two weeks ago oh really in Birmingham and it was probably one of the best stand up comedy gigs I've ever been to she, yeah she, she's become a friend actually since the, since the show she's, she was fantastic um, on it but yeah it was quite and I think you know she I don't know if I'm, if I'm allowed it's been long it's long gone so I'm yeah. going to say but I think you know she felt that she was not really allowed to be herself herself a little bit yeah I think it was it was kind of um, geared towards a worldwide audience and it's sort of the, the you know whoever was um uh, the you know producing it ultimately had to consider the fact that it was going on Netflix across the world. Yeah, and so yeah, the format was interesting. <laughs> but but the result of the format is amazing. What people create on that show, you won't get on other cooking shows. No, this is true. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I guess you know without like you say without giving too much away, you had to go and forage the set yeah. to get your ingredients. That's right. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like. Yeah, well, there's never been anything like it. It's it's cool. So, you you touched on it briefly then. Um, during lockdown, you started cooking for locals, yeah, <laughs> including me. So. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I just, you know, I love feeding people, and like, if we get, ever go for a period where I've not done a pop up or something, I need to. I feel like I need to do yeah. it now. Like it's this fix I get. I just, you know, it's all good and well doing, you know. I quite like making content for social media, but actually what I really love is, is interacting with people and feeding people Seeing and their reaction. getting that feedback yeah, and, you know, yeah. just, and doing that. And and so decided I was going to do a kebab pop-up from my house in the lockdown. Um, yeah. And I got it in my head that this is what we were going to do. And, uh, and I was sort of like thought... It was a Friday morning. I remember it was a Friday morning, and I was. It was in May, wasn't it? In lockdown. Yeah, I think, I think it was yeah. May. It will have been. Well, it was my birthday, so yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. So. so yeah, it was in. So it was in yeah. May, <laughs> and um, I thought to myself, right, I'm gonna, because obviously I need to take. I thought to make this work, I'm gonna have to take orders and time slots as well. Yeah. I live in a dead end cul-de-sac. Sure. So it's like I've got to manage the neighbours as well and warn them and make it realistic from what I can do from my house because I can't have anyone coming to help at that point yeah yeah sure um, well I got a friend to come and manage the traffic but it was literally when we had a nine month old baby and a seven year old and then me and my missus and that was it in the, in the house and um, so I thought right we'll, we'll take orders and I'll you know put it out there and I'll take orders over the weekend I put it out Friday morning hopefully try and sell it out by Sunday or something like yeah. this and I put it out and I think people were just so desperate for anything a bit different and, and, and you know um, that I put it out on a, on the Friday morning at nine o'clock I remember I was sat on the bog <laughs> I sent the, sent the uh, the thing off on, on my Instagram and it just went wild nice, and like yeah. within two hours I'd sold like 120 kebabs and I was just like we're going to have to shut this off like you know and I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be working um, you know I was I was um, uh, working from home at the time and I was like I'm going to have to I'll shut this off and I also need to just get to work sort of thing so I started work late that day because I was it was both of my I mean my missus jumped on my email because I'd stupidly said message me on Facebook message me on Instagram message me on 
yeah. emailed me. I should have just done one channel completely, never done anything like it before. And so trying to sort of fit these payments and people coming in or all these different slots was it was crazy chaos yeah so we got that anyway we got that got that down and then yeah had um these time slots and and obviously just trying to churn it out as fast as you can but i was working at my back garden you know uh, i mean we spent three hours just just making flatbreads from scratch in the in the back garden with the kids running around leading up to it and you know, it was uh, yeah, it was chaos. It was great fun, but um, I definitely wouldn't be doing it again. Yeah, because it was <laughs> it was a period where restaurants hadn't quite figured out that they could do takeaway yet. They'd never done takeaway before. Sure, a lot of the takeaways hadn't even reopened yet, and then you drop this and like you say it was like everyone was gagging for it (laughs) it was crazy I remember like I remember my wife booked it immediately and then on the day she said oh yeah I queued in a queue of traffic to get into this cul-de-sac and I was like (laughs) and then he scooted off and he came back and I was like that's amazing yeah I I, I fed nearly all of my neighbours or like I know my immediate neighbours so I warn them all and before anybody's orders came, I gave them all free food. To see yeah. Like, but I still managed to piss the guy off up the top of the road. Oh, really? The, yeah, because the cars were like almost onto the main road. Because I kind of live on this road where you go on, onto, onto a, it's a one-way system. Yeah. I couldn't afford the cars to be that far. But we just couldn't get it out quick enough. And obviously, it's, every order's different. It's just me and my missus. I'm still trying to cook because I couldn't cook enough like to have it all ready but kind of cooks yeah. fresh as well and for it to be I, I'm quite proud I won't just yeah, have it yeah. sort of sitting around so yeah um, it was it was mad fun but never do it again oh really that's, <laughs> no that's the last one no way never no. again well I did another one um, in the following Easter uh, we were in lockdown again uh, but from my friend's hotel which was a lot okay. smoother and we used a delivery service right yeah <laughs> makes <laughs> sense so I've also seen you do fire cooking masterclasses at the Hundred House Hotel in Norton. That's that right? right. Yeah, yeah. How's that? I absolutely love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've just put out new dates for 2022, actually. Yeah. Um, and we're building a like a purpose. Well, having a purpose built area now. Uh, yeah. Which will be like a little fire school. We've got going. Amazing. On. Yeah. So uh, because th- those guys, I mean, so Stuart, who's the the main sort of the, the owner of, yeah. of, of the well, it's a family business, but he's kind of the main driver, really. Um, I used, I was his lodger, okay, for like six years uh, before I ever touched food, and he he put me off going into actual into kitchens actually because I saw how bloody hard he worked. Yeah, and, sure. And, and I, you know, I'm quite a social beast, and you know, he he would like do sort of seventy eighty hours a week every week. You know, miss out on so many things. And I was like, oh, I don't fancy going into kitchens, but. When we were living together, obviously both passionate about food, both very different styles. I mean, I was cooking with fire a bit, but really into really like sort of lots of spicy Asian food. Yeah. You know, completely. And he's French trained and like kind of very classical. Yeah. So I learned loads of stuff from him, but then he learned quite a lot from me as well. And we bounced off each other. Um, So I've done lots of stuff with Stu and and we kind of set up the, I said to him, you know, let's run these these fire classes from, because it's ideal it's an ideal venue he's got everything there he can I can just turn up and now we've got all the kit there we need yeah. it's quite easy really um, to, 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 to run it from there and obviously we can use his staff to sort of to clean stuff and it's just it just makes it smooth um, yeah yeah but yeah I absolutely love running those and, and when I'm you know uh, out of the full time job 
I'll be running more, okay. more of them um, because I love teaching people. I love that interaction. Um, we've done a couple of corporate ones recently. I did some training for some uh, some chefs from a company that, that make ready meals, actually. So oh, cool. Some inspirational stuff for them. Uh, so there's lots of scope, I think, from, from, the, from the training side. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love it. Yeah, it's, it's great. So um, someone wants to book onto one of those. Keep an eye on your Instagram, is that? Yeah, there's, there's a link up right now in my, in my bio, actually. Yeah. Um, or you just go to the 100 House website uh, and you can see on their events page, um, they're, they're there. Amazing. Um, and you, you just, yeah, you uh, can book um, a voucher at the moment because a lot of people buy them for Christmas for people. Yeah. Um, and then just ring up and select the date that you want to go on to. There's a list of dates on there. Perfect. And they'll, they'll slot you in. That's cool. So the Cobra crew have asked me to ask this one. Um have you ever listened to the Off Menu podcast? No. Okay. Yes, I have. Sorry. It's a food podcast. Okay. Uh, James A. Caster and Ed Gamble present it. And every guest that comes on, so they have a celebrity guest every week, and they have to say, if they went to their dream restaurant, what would be their starter, main, and dessert? Right. And the team wanted me to ask you, if you went to your dream restaurant, what would be your starter, main, and dessert? Okay. Um, starter... I love oysters. Okay. I'm like, so something magical with oysters, something that's like would change my life, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, cause I've eaten meat oysters in many, many ways. And you know, they always, and, and I love how different they are in different places. So I yeah. to sort of maybe a selection of oysters from the, the you know, the, the top six. Oh, amazing. Histories or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But oysters definitely. Okay. Um, I love Indian food. Okay. So, and I love lamb. So maybe something that's spectacular uh, with lamb for a main. Uh, and then banoffee pie, man. Okay. <laughs> I love banoffee pie. Don't have it very often. Don't have it done well very often anyway. Uh, yeah. Because like, I guess like the stereotypical banoffee pie is like a pre-made case. Yeah, sure. With some like condensed milk in it. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I've had it, in, I've had it, done pretty well at yeah. times and, and uh, yeah I love banoffee pie nice so that would be my select so a bit of a random oysters oyster, oyster, oysters lamb curry and a, curry and a banoffee pie and a banoffee pie <laughs> oh, I'm all for it that's cool <laughs> so um, another thing you've been doing which we've also touched on is some guest spots at different places um, I was lucky enough to go to I think it was a five course tasting menu at the White Horse just down the road from us here actually and you were joined by a 14 year old up and coming fire chef. Yeah, Aston. Yeah, and uh, it was wicked. How did that? How did that come about? So Aston, uh, he he's a cool kid, man. Yeah, like he really is, and he's turning some heads. I mean, he's just well. He was supposed to headline um, Taste of London last okay. weekend. Um, the organisers messed up, and apparently he wasn't able to do his demo because. Um, because of health and safety or something because of his age it was ridiculous really because Taste of London's the one that has the fire pit that's isn't right it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so they have health and safety there as well it doesn't look like it yeah I'm not going to say too much about it yeah but, <laughs> but unfortunately so his demo his demo happened but he wasn't able to actually cook so he had to stand okay. and direct Simon Stallard who basically he was the guy who fed the, the world leaders at the G7 summit. yeah <laughs> so Aston was directing this guy how nice. to cook his dish which I thought was quite cool yeah um but yeah, so Aston basically he uh, in the lockdown um, was 
he started doing my cook along on from so I yeah. every week uh, for a year I put a, a video up on our young Shrewsbury channel so for for the youth service yeah um, for the young people I normally cook with every week we I got some funding and we delivered to their house every week the ingredients to do a cook along so I would cook something on YouTube put it up they'd have the ingredients by the time they got How home from school people was 30 that? families we did that's, every every week for a year that's awesome yeah man like, uh, it, w- it was a really cool project but but Aston lives in Bristol so yeah. he's not like a young person I normally work with um, but he his dad was a bit into sort of into barbecue knew me from um, from the page from one of the forums or pages or follow me and saw that I was doing this. So I got Aston doing this in the lockdown and then they bought him a barbecue and then he just got into it. And then he, uh, there's a, so there's, there's, there's a really cool, uh, barbecue, sh- like, well, a, I say it's just shop. It's like a warehouse, um, or Alton's barbecue world. Yeah. And they, those guys are really cool. They're down in Essex, but they hooked up my, all the kids I work with, with a Weber, Weber, um, what was it? The, the compact. Okay. Uh, so, so all these kids I was cooking with, we, we managed to do an amazing deal with them. Managed to give them a barbecue so they could do the barbecue stuff as well as cooking in the house. Why? Um, and yeah, so they kind of they ran this thing called Restaurant Roulette. Oh no, no, sorry, not Restaurant Roulette. They, that was a, they, they they run a lot of games, but I forgot what the, the name of the competition was now. But ultimately, what had to, what happened was there were six dishes. Uh, I was it six dishes from different countries that there was 80, 80 people entered including Aston and it was, oh, it was called the Mass Griller that was yeah. it. so it was all done blind okay and they had to cook these six dishes so it would be like Indian uh, Chinese all over fire uh, post a picture and then they would be voted on but nobody knew who anybody was everybody was given a nickname so he was anonymous amongst all these adults, basically, yeah. doing that. And he came second. Why? Like, out of, like, 80 people. And that's when he sort of really started turning heads. And, and he'd been messaging me a lot, sort of just asking for help and advice and tips and stuff. And I started talking to his mom, because, like, you know, obviously, just... Uh, he, he got some sponsorship deals and stuff, and she was saying, you know, how, asking me how to manage manage that. And uh, so we, I, I know the family well now. Um, and then sort of said, look, you know, if you want to come and help me then then come along so he came down and and uh that was the first time i met him actually that day he came. oh really yeah 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 because yeah. i only spoke to him online uh, he since helped me with a, a big wedding i did as well for a friend that's brilliant uh, and we we did some asado lamb so we had to cook four whole lambs they had to be up at, on at four in the morning and um i said he was we, we camped so he was in his tent and i was in my camper van and um i sort of said you know if you want, you don't have to be up at four in the morning. But if you do, if you want to see the process, then you know, that's, you, you're welcome. You. Yeah, like, yeah. As soon as I, I rolled out at one minute past four, he was there with his head torch on, waiting, <laughs> keen as mustard. Like, yeah, yeah. And I love his enthusiasm; is crazy. Like, and and it's it's so good to see. It really came across. So I I had a table with with a group of friends, and you know we're all in our thirties probably quite intimidating to a 14 year old and he just came over and chatted to us really confidently yeah. about the food and we we were just like this kid is going places this is this is mad and then we we looked him up and we were like oh okay he's, he's already gone places yeah, <laughs> we were kind of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of like we're a bit behind the times and uh and then yeah we, we, i saw the, the taste of london thing didn't realize it had not quite gone how he wanted but yeah it was pretty he was pretty sad about it i think um 
and I, I think I, th- I actually think it's, I don't think it's a reflection on taste I think it was something that came from the venue yeah, itself. yeah. I don't think the actual the festival it was the festival's fault because yeah. they would have booked him in knowing that you know yeah um, yeah exactly if an inspector shows up somebody the from, the, from the venue sort of said he couldn't for whatever reason bit of a shame but, but the fact that Evie I mean his slot was like half eight on the Saturday night so it's, head, it's pretty much headlining as far as yeah yeah you know they didn't Amazing. even ask me this year you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he did bloody well. Alex, he did well so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he nicked my slot maybe yeah yeah you're not coming to the White Horse again <laughs> off. Yeah. So, so how did the White Horse go how was that because I've seen you've, you've had a few other pop-ups since and the White Horse is probably my favourite one this year okay yeah yeah it was really good um I mean, I had a great team. My friend Rob, uh, yep. Roots and Wing Chef, he's a guy from Market Drayton. Uh-huh. Um, I almost feel like, you know, he, I, I, it, it's my concept, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not a trained chef and I'm not used to feeding people on numbers, especially like a tasting menu. Yeah. He makes it all happen behind the scenes. Quite very humble. Um, him and Nick, as well as the head chef at um, at the White Horse, yeah. they worked tirelessly behind the scenes to the point where I was, as you saw, I was front of house a lot yeah. of the time. You know, it, we'd done a lot of the prep. I knew they had it under control in the back, and I could walk around and talk to people, and that was amazing. And it felt slick, and it felt like yeah. we got there. You know, it got to the point where this is what I, where I want to be. I want to be with the people. I don't want to be stuck in the kitchen. You know, or behind the fire pit. I mean, maybe a little bit of theatre, but and, and it's my they're my flavours. Everything's gone out as I want it to go out. But ultimately, I can go out and talk to people. And yeah, you design the menu, but ultimately, hundred yeah. percent. And, and, and I did a lot of cooking beforehand, but we designed it in a way that it meant that I could actually socialise. So yeah, I think that was so important. And, I think that's what people are paying for to, yeah. to an extent. You know, sure. If if you go to a restaurant, you don't necessarily expect the chef to be in. No, but if you go to a pop up. Yeah, it, you're kind of expecting some interaction, aren't you? Exactly, so. exactly, and that's what I want from it as well. You know, because um, ultimately, I like talking to people, and you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a social be- social being. Nice, <laughs> you said that a few times. Yeah. Speaking of which, another question from the crew: they want to know what you cook for Christmas. So pretty much always, I go to Lauren at um, Morgan's. Yeah. Um, and in September, I'll say, "What's your dad picked?" You know, so, so, is anything nice coming up? Um, and they'll hang me a river beef from September, uh, so 100 days roughly. Um, so like this year it's a short horn, uh, but I just love that the beef. And I think that like you know every um, a, you know every every aging process, every butcher that ages their meat, every salt chamber has its own kind of bacteria, I suppose. Yeah. And and I can like pick Darren Morgan's beef. Well, you would the know. scent, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just got this certain like nutty kind of richness, and I, I just love it. And uh, you know, uh, it's quite an indulgent piece of meat to have. And I that's know. that's a cool plug as well. So Morgan's Country Butchers are just outside Telford. They're online, so you can order from them online. Yeah, and uh, if you're not into beef, they do amazing sausages. Britain's best sausage. Britain's best sausages. Yeah, the most amazing smoked bacon I've ever tasted as well. Yeah, um, they've been going for 165 years, and Darren like. Uh, you know he's a great guy um he you know he's been in that cutting room for nearly 50 years i think 45 50 years yeah um but lauren's come on board in the last few years uh and she's pretty savvy with you know with social media and stuff and they they've been there for so long they've been so amazing but almost like not not champion secret yeah yeah, yeah 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 and she when i was just starting out she messaged me and explained what they did and said come down so I went to meet them. I didn't specifically have a butcher that I used at that time, and you know, 
uh, we I've got a really good relationship with those guys. Um, we've got a really exciting project coming up this year. That I can't say too much about, but it's we're going to do something. Cool. something That's uh, really cool. Next level for her for her wedding, uh, which will be. That's so just, cool. So I get I guess for people listening who are really into their food, they're the sort of butcher where you can get the cuts you wouldn't be able to get elsewhere as well. They will they'll sort you out. 100%, yeah. I mean, so Darren goes to market and actually chooses the animals while they're still alive. Yeah. yeah he goes around pinching cows' asses and stuff. Yeah, he wants, yeah, yeah. He wants the best thing. ones, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's his thing. Um, sorry, Darren. <laughs> uh, but yeah, literally, you know, he, they, they, it's, it, they know the farms, the farmers, they know, you know, the, they, the individual cattle that they want um, and they go out and pick them. And, and, and because of that, you know, you can get anything from them, really. If you give them a heads up, there's nothing they won't do for you. Um, they're better over backwards for me, you know. Yeah. They're a fantastic butcher. Really like. There's many others, in, you know, in Shropshire that are great as well, but I just happen to use them. Yeah, well, I've got a few friends in the barbecue game, and they use them because they can get what they need from them, and they understand the terminology. Because sure. yeah, yeah, of course. There's a few Americanisms and stuff in the barbecue game that doesn't, there is a, doesn't translate uh, if you go into... Shrewsbury Market Hall or something and say no it's right it's right well you know and the guys in there are great too but uh, the other guy we do use a bit I mean so the 100 house when I do do my um, my master classes there they organise all the meat and stuff we're on my radar really but uh, Keith Alderson's in Bridge North yep fantastic I mean some of the stuff that they've brought for us for 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 these uh, um, master classes have been it's been incredible beef short ribs I had from them or something else so those guys are great too so we're on local brands and I think you know being called the Shropshire Lab that's <laughs> quite important um, you've got a bit of a collaboration going with Moonshine and Fuggles and Rosley Beekeeper from what I can say yeah sure yeah the rum project yeah yeah so that was an interesting one um, so Derek uh, who's the the owner of Moonshine and Fuggles yeah um, is somebody who I know from being a customer, actually. Yes. Uh, you know. So I guess for listeners, it's a really cute little uh, kind of boutique spirit shop. Yeah, it's a sort of specialist spirit shop. Yeah. yeah and sort of, he does nice wines and, and uh, well, a few nice wines and sparklings and bits. Yeah. He's quite selective, but there's a lot of stuff in a small space. Yeah. You know? Um, and I like a tipple. <laughs> nice. So, you know, we um, was dropping in there a bit and we got chatting and, you know, it seemed that he'd been making his own gins or well, working with um, some guys in, in Briley Hill. Dr. Emers, super nice dude. Um, Jordan, who runs runs that distillery, uh, about the same age as me. Really, really passionate about what he does. You know, like, you know, you sort of talk to somebody in the fires in their eyes and they don't stop talking. Yeah. You know, and when I met him, I was just like, wow, man, we're going to, let's do something together. Um and we he'd never done rum you know rum's my my sort of weapon of choice yeah generally um and so we started talking about flavors and, and what was the possibilities and how it all worked and we came up with the rum project so we've got um the uh smoky spice which is um basically it's like a it's a dark rum lots of molasses um vanilla uh, and then smoked barley is is the key, that, and it, it does give it a nice sort of smoky kick. And I don't know if you've tried them. Yeah, 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 right. So, but it's it's really quite prominent the smoke there. Uh, and then honey and pimento. So that came about. That's actually um, those flavors come from my jerk chicken signature recipe, which is which is a honey jerk chicken. Mm. Obviously, pimento allspice is the, the the main kind of spice in jerk, and it works really well with honey. And I make a honey glaze for my for my jerk chicken which isn't conventional but it works 
And so we decided, because obviously the beekeepers are involved, um, Bosley beekeepers, because Derek, what Derek always does is gives a section of the money from each bottle sale to charity, to okay. a different charity. And there's only so many charities that can be associated with alcohol. Yeah, you know? of course. Um, but the beekeepers were, were great. I mean, for me, you know, because obviously how important bees are, to the whole food industry yeah it just made sense you know um so we teamed up with 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 those guys and used their honey in in that one so that's how those two rums came about um we um, i then built a rum shack so we put that into uh, ludlow food festival which is nice. sort of like looks like it should be on a beach in barbados but yeah yeah so it was in ludlow castle and literally uh, yesterday, I just instru- I've just constructed it in Wellington Market. So from this Saturday, I don't know when this podcast goes out, but all right up to Christmas, uh, every Friday Saturday, we'll be there uh, slinging cocktails. Amazing! It's a Wellington Market from from the Rum Shack. So Amazing! Down and give it a try. That'd be great. We're selling bottles too for Christmas. Um, so yeah, nice. That's yeah. really cool. So uh, last couple of questions. What what does the future look like? What what happens now? You go in full time, so that you're allowed to talk about. Yeah, uh, so obviously I was just talking about Wellington Market. Um, I've taken on a unit there. Uh, there's a lot going on there at the moment. It's been quite sort of it's a bit, a little bit. I don't want to do it down, but like for years, there's not been a huge amount going on there. It's suddenly flipped into like a bit of a street food destination. It, it's it really has. Yeah. You know, uh, like they've put the food court in. You know. There's a vibe about the place now. All of a sudden, yeah. it's nowhere. And then, so I was, I was on my radar, and then um, my friend Zach has just opened a place called, the, this is Red Brick there. Uh, so he was, for those of you Shrewsbury listeners who know Doan Oil, he was the general manager there for a long time. I got friendly with him there. I knew that as soon as Zach moved in, I was like, this is something I need to be. Yeah, it's happening. So I've taken on a small unit there um, for a little project, um, which will be rolling out in the new year, um, which is hence is why I'm, because I'm, I'm kind of paying for it now, even though things are not sure. happening just yet. So that's why I'm putting the rum shack in, um, just to sort of, you know, get people's Create the interest. Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The party and, and yeah. So the idea behind the shop um, is it's going to be a sandwich shop. Um, a little bit different alternative sandwiches to what you can get. You won't be you won't be able to get a ham cob in there. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, no ham and cheese. <laughs> no yeah. ham and cheese. Um, and the concept is that because obviously I've always worked with young people, and you know, and there's something that even though I'm leaving the youth service, I want to continue to do that. Um, I'm looking. We're looking to employ under 25s who've not been in previous, previously been in employment for a period of time. You can just show me that they've got an interest in food and train them and uh, and yeah it's hopefully going to be that's going to be the, the, that's the whole concept that's really there. cool um, I won't give too much away but that's that's what I'm going to be working on as soon as I finish can I can I ask and you might say sod off what's going to be the signature sandwich I haven't decided okay fair <laughs> yeah fair. I think that there's um you know, I spent a lot of time in in Southeast Asia, yeah, and I've got a lot of love for the bang mi, yeah, bang yeah, me, uh, Vietnamese sandwiches. I think there'll be a lot of Asian flavours going on. Um, That's cool. Uh, there's a couple, there, a couple of sandwiches that I had there that stand out for, in for me. Uh, so it'll be a, a, the menu ultimately to begin with. The menu will be my menu, and I'm going to train these young people to do it to the standard that I want it to be at. And there'll be five or six sandwiches on the menu. We're not going to overcomplicate things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, 
it, they'll be able to do that. I think you know it's 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 not gonna. I'm not looking for them to be delivering a sort of you know a tasty menu. Yeah, yeah. Just a really good sandwich. Um, but ultimately, what I want them to do is be inspired and and eventually for it to be led by them. You know, so yeah. over time. But certainly for for in the beginning, you know, I'll, we'll set a menu each quarter to go with the seasons, and uh, and I'll I'll sort of get that rolled out. And That's really see. exciting. Yeah, That's really cool. exciting. So. Last question, I promise. And something I ask every guest. What's your favourite film and why? You know what? People who know me will be laughing at that because they know I just I hardly watch films. Okay. Because I've got this, like, I think, I don't know, if it, I've not been diagnosed. I think it's like ADHD or something. Okay. I can't concentrate on, like, watching something on a screen for two hours, very unless it really, really grabs me. Okay. You know? So there's a couple... Um, I really like Forrest Gump. Okay, that's my wife's favourite film. Is it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I, you know, from a kid, like, I've always loved that film. Um, and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Okay. You know, I love them both. Um, I think they've both got really interesting twisty plots, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and great characters. Um, and I think that's probably why. But, Jason but Statham not, in Lockstock is amazing. Yeah, totally. Like before he decides to be a hard man later in his career. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. really cool in that film. Yeah, no, he is, he is. It's um yeah, but I I don't watch many films. Um, but that's a be- that's better, isn't it? Someone that watches loads of films doesn't know what to say. Where you were like straight to the point. Yeah. So yeah, well that's because I've only watched about ten. <laughs> Brilliant. How does someone get in touch if they want to work with you? Oh, um, just you know, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, my website is just structurelad.co.uk. Um, there's a, there's a form on there. You can just send, go straight through. Yeah, go straight. I can't speak. Go straight through to my email. Um, Perfect. But yeah, man, get in touch. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's been great. Mm-hmm.